Well, hello, Baltimore, Birdland, and beyond. Welcome back to Bleacher Birds, episode number 26. We're going to talk about uh, talk about some O's this week. We actually do have a little bit of Orioles news. Anywho, uh, Matthew, what is going on with you, sir? Um, got him a lot this week, man. Yeah, what's that? Outside of well, outside of sports, not not a lot, but work. But I've been working, and then I had like a conference all week until like eight p.m. <clears throat> and it was on like the West Coast, so I've been working long mm-hmm. long days. So these conferences, did you uh, did you fly out somewhere? No, or? Uh, I, I haven't even virtual conference. The only you think I would fly somewhere? The the only time I saw you was standing across like a driveway. More than six feet away. I'm not going to fly anywhere right now. But no, this is like online stuff. Well, and you know, what's interesting is that as we saw each other more than six feet across from the driveway, I came prepared and had multiple masks on and you weren't wearing any. <laughs> well, you know, I thought I was being respectful uh, wearing three masks and you wore none. Well, since you were wearing three, I didn't have to wear one, right? I, I guess that's fair. You know, I mean, I know I know how concerned you are with uh, with this coronavirus and everything else. I'm honestly surprised you didn't come out in one of those radiations. <laughs> that's the bubble boy. Yeah, it's the bubble boy. Or like the uh, Homer, the Homer Simpson radioactive suit. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I, I thought if I did wear a, I didn't know you were going to be wearing a mask. So if I thought <laughs> if I came out wearing one, I would I would never hear the end of it. <clears throat> so well, you wouldn't, but I thought that I would be respectful of you. See what I mean? Either way, you're going to get me. Either way, so I, I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. Yes, but I knew we were going to stay apart, and um, I was going to fight off any hugs or anything you were going to throw at me. So, no, no, I, I I'd have hit you with one if I wanted to. <laughs> so, no, but anyway, right. other than um, other than that, I mean, I've just been watching stuff. I had a there was a big UFC fight last night. Mm-hmm. So I was uh, waiting for that all week. That was uh, highly anticipated, but we can talk about that later. All right. All right. So we will talk about that in a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, so as for me, uh, just been a lot of work going on. Um, one of my uh, one of my uh, employees was involved in a car accident last night. Uh, found out that she's doing okay, though. So, uh you know, thoughts and prayers with her, and hopefully she uh, bounces back and is good to go. Uh, nothing too serious. She thinks that she'll be at work on Tuesday. I think she needs to take an extra day off, but I guess we'll see what happens. Anywho, that's what's going on in my wonderful wild world of uh, what's happening. So, um, with that, why don't we uh, get into what everybody's tuning in for? Why don't we talk a little bit of Oriole baseball, my All friend? Right. All right, so uh, first up on the docket for the Orioles, uh, it was a tweet that was brought up, and this tweet was brought up by, all right, so it was brought up from uh, from our friends Barstool RDT, it's at E-D-I-T-T-I-22, nope, first round's over, also the laundry's done, and it says, all right, everyone, Adley asked for your help pick for your help picking out his walk-up song. Any good suggestions for him? Oh. So, uh, Adley Rushman's walk-up song, Matt, what uh, what would you recommend? Oh, man, put me on the spot. Putting you on the spot. And I tell you what, while you think about it, I'm going to go ahead and let you know what I suggested. 
Um, I suggested Ready Fuels by Amber. That's that's good. I mean, <clears throat> we both like that song, right? Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think we like that song. Jake Padia likes that song, right? But we might be the only three. We may. So, I don't know if the whole if Baltimore is going to take to that one. That's true. What I, what I would think is like, well, I'm I'm down for anybody taking like an 880 song. Mm-hmm. As we as we we both like that. Uh, Nate McLeod obviously uh, had the best 80 song as his walkout. Clearly, so, as it uh, has become their entrance song. Yeah, so I'm good for anybody taking that. And I'm thinking, might as well make it a Rush song. You know that band Rush? I am aware of a band called Rush. Right, I, th- I, thought, I, I thought that would fit with him, you know, Adley Rushman. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, I guess that's fair. <laughs> and that's just coming off, coming off the top of my head here. You really blindsided me with that one. Well, that's what I'm here to do. Right. So, um, all right. So, a Rush song or Ready Fuels by Anne Berlin. Uh, yeah. I don't think he's going to go with either, uh, but I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah. How, how so, old is he? Any. What, what is he, like 20, 21 years old, something like that? Yeah, he's got to be like 20 years old. So, yeah, it's probably going to be some rap song or something. Probably. Here there are some country song. Maybe it's a little country and we just don't know it. Yeah, that is weird, man. It's either like rap or country with these guys. Yeah. Even no matter what the age, they'll they'll listen to country or so when I was growing up I always thought like it was just old people listening to country music, didn't you? Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Well, it's changed now because now uh rap and country music collaborate, <laughs> so uh the kids listen to a little bit of everything. Right. Remember uh you remember that song that Nelly and uh, some country guy sang together? A long time ago? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now they're just doing it more and more often. I guess. So, it was funny. They, inter- they interviewed the country singer about that, and uh, he was like, yeah, he's like, he came over to me. He's like, I got this song. He's like, it's, it's real, real country and all. He's like, I want you to sing for... He's like, but I just, you know, I don't necessarily know how country he thought it was, but I went with it. <laughs> All right. Well, anywho, so so much for Adley Rushman's walk-up song. Um, good little five-minute intro. Um, so the Orioles went ahead and sent out surveys to Birdland members uh, over the past over the weekend. So I went ahead and forwarded it to you just so you could go ahead and take a look at it. And uh, did you take? Did you get a chance? Get, get a chance to do that? <laughs> I tell you what, I am stuttering today. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Uh, you're gonna start selling me. Uh, yeah, I did look at it. So uh, why don't we go ahead and kind of take a look at a little look at this survey here and just kind of see what the Orioles are trying to figure out here. The first question: Are you a current Birdland member? <clears throat> yes or no. A very simple question. Very simple answer. Uh, next question: Did you participate in any of the following O's at home experiences? And to select all that apply. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, your options here are the Orioles auctions, the Crab Shuffle, the Pepsi Piece of the Game sweepstakes, the Inside the Yard podcast, the Digital Kids Corner, Virtual Community Booth, Hot Dog Race during the commercial break, pregame ceremonies, the virtual first pitch and the national anthem, Orioles.com at home, Birdland IQ Trivia, 
and Birdland Insider blog, or the highly anticipated, I did not participate in any O's at home <laughs> experience. So, Matt, which uh, which of those did you participate in this year? Yeah, man, this is going to be sad. I'm probably right there with you, so let's see what you, what, what you <laughs> All have. All right, well, I didn't do the hot dog or crab shuffle. I think I, I think mm-hmm. we talked about this earlier in, in the in the season here. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, You're not. A I've fan. outgrown those both of those activities, okay. so I'm not going to do those at home if I don't have to sit there and watch them. Okay. But um, I think the only one I've ever done, and if this even counts, if it wasn't even during a game or whatever, mm-hmm. but as I was on like the Oriole MLB app, I might have clicked on that, the Birdland trivia a couple times. Right. Have you done that? Does that count on the app? When we're, it, was this part of the game that you had to do? Yeah, this is the uh, Birdland IQ trivia, and in uh, parentheses it says ballpark app. Yeah, so yeah, I think that. Counts. All right. Well, that's the only one I've done then. All right. So for me, it was the uh, the crab shuffle and the hot dog race during the uh, during the commercial break, and that was it. <laughs> so um, you pretty much so... forced into it by just keeping the channel on. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah, and half the time I didn't really pay attention up until the end. Just be like, oh, hey, look, it was on the middle. Or, hey, look, catch up. <laughs> and that was pretty much about it. But, um, you know, as as a podcaster, you would think that I would listen to the podcast. But I think uh, I think Kevin Brown might have had something to do with the podcast. So I was going to stay away from that oh, one. Yeah. So um, for your next question, how did you first hear about the O's at home? And social media. In the survey. Oreos.com, during a game broadcast, from a friend, email, or other? For me? So the answer for me, it was in the survey. <laughs> <laughs> right, because he saw those things, but you didn't know that it was called Birdland at Home? Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, that's what I would have said too, but I, I heard about it from you because you texted me the survey. Oh, there you go. So your answer would have been other. Yeah, well, no, from a friend. Oh, okay. So, uh, the next, uh, they asked you to go ahead and rank your favorite O's at home experience. So uh, I had your, this is going to be highly anticipated and, and highly controversial, but I had the crab shuffle above the hot dog race. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I know. I know. So, um, anywho, after that, they asked, did you participate in any of the following Birdland member exclusive O's at home experiences? Watch party for Birdland members. Virtual Oriole Bird appearances, player meet and greets, exclusive batting practice access, ask the skipper, pick a player game, virtual first pitch opportunities, Birdland member of the game, and once again, everybody's favorite, I did not participate in any Birdland member exclusive O's at home experiences. So Matthew, what what did you have for this one? Um, I have not participated in any of those. But you know what's funny? Um, did I, I don't know if I ever told you this. Mm-hmm. So for last year for my birthday, Steve, my friend Steve, had like the 29-game plan or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know how they were giving out their points and you could pick like different activities that you could do? Well, he had like so many points to do stuff that he didn't know what to do. I think he, he did one, but then he wanted to get me um, the batting practice on the field. Did I tell you that he got me that? No, I didn't. Yeah, so he, uh, he he spent his points to get the batting practice on the field. 
And he gave that to me as a birthday present. So I got to hit like five balls at Camden Yards. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you take any out of the park? I can't believe I haven't told you this story yet. I can't believe you haven't told me. I know. It's just like you just rung a bell there when you said that. But um, I can't. I can't believe that. I can't believe that you didn't tell me the story. Well, I can't believe. I, I was gonna say it, but I, can't, I lost track of how many can't believes you just said. <laughs> well, do you want to hear it? All right. All right. So we we get up there, right? It was one of their. I think it was it was during the season. But it was one of their during one of their off days. Like a whole bunch of people rolled up there. Yeah. <clears throat> and um. Man, I was nervous the whole time, like driving to the stadium, because of course I didn't know what to expect. Like it was going to be three pitches, and then you get out of there, or what? Right. So basically, it was just they took you down under the um, into the clubhouse and everything, and you wait in the dugout in this whole in this giant line of people. Mm. And um, you, what it was was you got five swings. No, you got five like contact hits, so you could swing a bunch and miss, but you're going to stay up there until you hit the ball five times. So the whole time I was just watching all these people go and I was just like, I was like, so, so nervous. I was like shaking. Right. Were any of the people before you just like hitting jacks? No, not really. Not at all. And like, the thing was, if you hit the ball out of the infield, you got a prize. So that was basically like the level of like, it might've been because everybody was nervous, but nobody was really like slamming the ball. And you have to hit the, hit the ball out of the infield in the air. Yeah. In the air, in the air. Okay. Yeah, so we got up there and um, they just like threw a bunch of bats on the ground and you had to pick one going up. So I was like on deck, right? And like trying to pick a bat. Mm. And dude, like that was the hardest part. Like the, picking the right bat because all of these guys swing like heavy bats, man. And oh, the yeah. one I ended up picking, I wanted to get a lighter bat because just I figured I could, because I can make contact. I just want to make sure I can get a good swing on it. But anyway, I picked up Caleb Joseph's bat. Right. That thing was so heavy. It was like thirty-four. It was like thirty-four ounces, and I was like, "No wonder he went through stretches where he didn't touch a ball." <laughs> Unless these guys are like that strong, but um, that was the best one I could pick, man. And I, uh, I hit, I hit a couple like out of the infield in the air, and I was like, you know, just so worked up that I felt like I wasn't going to do yeah. anything. And then on the last hit, I like pulled a pretty good shot down the line, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, I don't know how close it was to the fence or whatever. But as I was coming out of the, the batter's box, the guy was like, hang up in a second. We're going to measure that. It might be the longest hit of the day, all that stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah. And he was, because if you had the longest hit of your group, I think you won like a wooden, you won the wooden bat that you were batting with. But I didn't have that. I didn't get that. But he gave me something like as a consolation prize. Like he gave me a signed ball by uh, Tanner Scott. Oh, there you so go. It was like almost one of the longest hits of the day. So nice. Yeah, it was fun, though, man. Yeah, it definitely sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like I need to step my friend my friend game up. Because so all I did was I just uh I just bring you a little cat box, and here you are with uh with Steve bringing you to Camden Yards. Go ahead and swing for some bat practice. I clearly need to step my game up. Well, no, man, it's not it's not that he would have done it, but he said he he was so freaked out that he wouldn't have even hit a ball that he just wanted to give it to somebody that had a chance to yeah. do something. I'll say for those that don't know. Uh, Matt back in the day uh was the number one draft pick of our little league team uh for seven years straight. <laughs> so uh you know and and he was an all star repeatedly. He was an all star shortstop slash pitcher. Uh it could just absolutely knock the cover off the ball. Um which I might be exaggerating just a no bit, bad. but he but he 
he he was a hell of a pitcher and a hell of a fielder, and uh, and he definitely made a hell of a lot better contact than I ever did when I was uh, when I was playing. So, but that's dude, that's that's awesome. That sounds like an awesome experience. I'd love to get an opportunity to do that. Yeah, we we definitely got to look into how many points it takes or whatever for those um season tickets. Yeah, and you got to do it, man. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do it at least once, and being that I'm now 39 years old. Um, gonna have to do it sooner than later because I don't necessarily see that opportunity as uh, there's one I can take advantage of for for long. <laughs> there was some, there was some older older gentlemen up there. Now, now look, I'm not trying to call myself an older gentleman. No, I'm just saying you got plenty of time, man. <clears throat> All right, that's fair. All right. Um. So anyway, so let's get back to this. Uh, back to the survey. It was a nice little story mm-hmm. there. Um. So then the Orioles want you to rank your favorite Birdland member exclusive O's at home experiences. And since the only thing that I had was watch party for Birdland members, um, uh, that was the only thing that was ranked. So I wasn't actually a part of that, but my parents were. And I think I told you about that they were on TV, or maybe you told me that they were on TV. Yeah, I texted you in the commercial break, yeah. So I had to go back and watch it. Um <laughs> Would you be interested in any of the following O's at home experience ideas for the 2021 season? Kids ask the skipper. Young O's fans submit questions for Brandon Hyde to answer. So I guess Brandon Hyde will be back next year. Uh, Birdland Eats, network of local restaurants that offer discounts for Oriole fans. At home theme nights. Park at the Oriole Park. Fans submit photos and show Masson and social media platforms. Uh, fan cutouts, customized fan cutouts during the season. Hit it here. Signs in Camden Yards for deals from sponsors. So, uh, any of those, Matthew? Wait a second. Are they already like planning that people aren't going to be going to the games next year? That's what I'm hearing. It sounds like it's a just in case, and I'm glad that you caught up on that because that was the red flag that got brought up to me. Yeah, that sucks. I don't. That doesn't sound good to me, man. No, but you know. If, I think the survey was uh, made or came up with before the uh, before the Ravens were going to go ahead and open up their stadium next week. Mm-hmm. So I've got to uh, I've got to think that's the case. But let's say twenty twenty one we can uh, we can actually attend games. Uh, any of these uh, intrigue you at all? Well, the one that th- that sounds good to me is that theme nights. So are they talking about like? But to me, that sounds like those bobblehead nights they would have, where there's like you know Game of Thrones night, mm-hmm. where they'd be playing like Game of Thrones stuff, and then having a Game of Thrones themed bobblehead. But you got to be there. Right, but these are at these are at home <clears throat> theme nights. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So I don't know about that. So I think the only thing that really uh, intrigues me is the uh, hit it here, the signs in Camden Yards from the sponsors. Yeah. You know, I mean that that would be the uh, most interesting thing for me. Uh, you know, I, kids are going to ask stupid questions all the time, and eventually we'll just get tired of hearing <laughs> it. You know, and, when's Chris Davis gonna play? <laughs> Stop it! So, all right, so yeah, so all of those ideas sound terrible. The fan cutouts would have been fun this year, but I think it will be a little bit worn out for next year. And, so it's it's already gotten old. Yeah. So. I don't think there's anything any more fun that anybody can do with it, so I think that's done. 
All right, our next question. Uh, during the 2021 season, would you be interested in subscribing to an O's at Home subscription box featuring exclusive merchandise shipped directly to you and virtual experiences? I think you know my answer there. So your answer there is going to be a yes. Is that correct? It would be a yes if there's a bobblehead in there. Every right. once in a while, I'll throw a bobblehead in, then I'm in. So it's a yes, no, and maybe. So you're you're in for mm-hmm. yes. And then it says, which of the following ideas are you interested in seeing included in the O's at Home monthly subscription box? And to select all items that apply. So it's an exclusive O's item, exclusive access to online content, a surprise gift, for example, a autographed item or giveaway items, etc., or a chance to win a VIP experience. Mm-hmm. And you could just check off any of those things that interest you. Okay. Um, I just checked off the exclusive O's item and the surprise gift. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah just really didn't care about online content. And um, the VIP experience, if, it, if that meant, uh, you know, batting practice at Camden Yards, maybe I'd be game oh, for yeah. that. Yeah. So uh, here's the big one. What is the maximum you would be willing to pay for the O's at home monthly subscription box during the 2021 season? <laughs> And the options are, <laughs> yes, I am interested, but unlikely wouldn't, but likely wouldn't pay sixty dollars. Yes, I would pay sixty to seventy-five dollars. Yes, I would pay seventy-five to ninety-nine dollars, and yes, I'd pay over a hundred dollars. Oh my goodness, dude, that's insane! Yeah, if if here's my thing, like if you were talking about like a twenty or twenty-five dollar box, yeah. like you know that that might be worth something. But you're going to pay, you're looking at a subscription box. So you're talking about like monthly. So you're going to pay 60 to 75 bucks a month for Oreo stuff. Like, no. I guess they're trying to, re- no, I guess they're trying to replace that money that they're losing at the stadium or whatever. Yeah, that's, but that's ridiculous, yeah. man. Um, 20 or 25 bucks, I think, would be the absolute most that I would spend monthly on a Oreo subscription box. And there better be a damn bobblehead <laughs> or t shirt or. Hat or something, or one of those there. old Chris Davis action figures laying around. Yeah, or you know, one of Ty Wigginton's jock straps from back <laughs> in the day. So, oh, you have to pay me to take that. Yeah, really. All right. Uh, if offered, how likely are you to attend an Orioles virtual event during the 2021 season? Extremely likely. Somewhat likely. Neither likely nor. Uh, neither likely or unlikely. Somewhat unlikely, extremely unlikely. Jeez, that's a lot of unlikelies. <laughs> that's a lot of likelies. Unlikelies, likelies. I'm not doing any of that virtual stuff. Yeah, me neither. All right. Uh, please rank the following ideas for Birdland Rewards in 2021. And um, so the options are autograph memorabilia, game day experiences, exclusive items, Birdland bucks, in-person events, or virtual events. And I'm going to drop a little secret to you. Uh, that's exactly what my order was You're... of how I put it together. Oh, okay. Of how uh, you ranked everything? Yeah. Okay. So we all do, we just want special items. That's basically what we're like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, just, I just want free stuff yeah. <laughs> or the opportunity to go onto the field. There you go. Yeah. These virtual events aren't for me. I just like no. I don't know. Like, I I can't possibly become one of the people from Wally just r- riding around in the little uh, electric wheelchair watching TV. No, yeah. Like, I need I need 
physical stuff and I need to be able to do something. Right. Yeah, this so. is just a bummer of a survey, man. And they're just throwing it in your face that you're not going to be there. Yeah. So, um, and then the final thing, thank you for our survey. <laughs> it's just like, all right. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So, um, kind of a bummer of a survey, Birdland. If uh, if you guys are listening, if the Orioles are listening, if Mike Elias is listening, um, come up with something a little bit better. Get our hopes up that we will be at Camden Yards. Um you know, throw a free bobblehead out there somewhere for uh, for Matthew. Uh, throw a T-shirt or a hat out there for me. You know, do let let's get something going to get us excited about baseball season because the survey just did not do it. Well said. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for any feedback on that one. I agree. Uh, all right, well, why don't we why don't we get into some why don't we get into some good news? Something that actually is going to excite uh excite. Oriole fans, Birdland members, and everything else. And that is that uh, I told you earlier today that the Orioles brought back a Birdland favorite. A uh, former outfielder has resigned with the oh Orioles. And uh, he signed. Now he only signed to a minor league contract, but that doesn't mean that he won't be back. You're scaring me here. Your, your favorite and mine, Dr. Poo Poo. <laughs> All right, hold on, Doctor Poo Poo. Yeah, that was his. Was it really? When they did the uh, when they when they did the jerseys, his nickname was Doctor Poo Poo. <laughs> and that was on the back of his jersey. I don't think well, it I was. Think... I think that was the one that he wanted to, but they told him. Oh, they man, that, this is the first time I'm hearing about that. Nothing yeah. you need to make a Doctor Poo Poo customized jersey. I know, mm-hmm. right? No, you're... So, what are your thoughts on Steve Wilkerson coming back? Any thoughts no, at all? I, I don't mind that. I like it. I, think it'd be yeah. a, I mean, we have enough outfielders for for Christ's sake, but if we have if, if we, if we, <laughs> we have to have a backup, I guess he's not a bad one, right? It's it's not a bad depth, <laughs> but, but I I I do like that quote. We have enough outfielders for Christ's sake. <laughs> Fantastic. So, uh, all right. Well, welcome back, Stevie. We're happy to have you. Um, since we're on the topic of uh, enough outfielders for Christ's sake, did you see that one of our outfielders for Christ's sake is nominated for a gold glove? Yeah, I did. And uh, contrary to what Brandon Hyde tried to get going, it was not Cedric Mullins. Yeah, it's kind of surprising. I'm, uh, I was surprised he got the nomination just because of how much time he missed. And, yeah. um, I don't know. I, it surprised me because I don't really remember. I don't remember him like screwing up in the outfield, but I don't remember too many like highlight plays. Yeah. So uh, for anybody that's uh, anybody that's curious or anybody that hasn't heard, of course, we're talking about Anthony Slam Tandare, uh, the MVP of the Baltimore Orioles, um, the MVO rather. And uh, Santander nominated for uh, or a finalist for a Gold Glove, uh, one of three guys uh, considered for the right field position. Um, and you know, ironically enough, I think this is just another one of those situations of of uh, chicks dig the long ball, and you know, it's just it was more along the lines of what he did with a bat. And I don't understand why he's being considered for a fielding um, award. But I think honestly, I think his name's only out there because of the bat. That's really weird. I, that's you know that's where I went though too. I was like, I, are they just throwing something at him because he did so well at the plate or something? And is right. Like, why not? 
why not nominate him for a silver slugger or whatever? Well, that's what I was going to say. Is he just do the silver slugger and he's not going to win. I, I doubt he's going to win. Yeah. Because there's, there's a lot of good outfielders out there this year. But um, I, I agree with Brandon Hyde, man. If anybody should have been thrown that customary nomination but no chance of winning, it should have been Cedric Mullins. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Either way, hey, we're happy seeing a real get named to get some sort of uh, um, nationwide recognition. At yeah, least. not the Basham or anything, but just a weird, yeah. weird nomination. Yeah. So, all right. So, why don't we, uh, why not we end the Orioles with a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of an interesting or um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, controversial. Controversial. There you go. Uh, controversial uh, segment here, and that is that. Uh, it was reported on Friday that Mike Elias was being investigated for potential pension fraud. And um, basically what was going on was that uh, Mike Elias had uh, gone ahead and given the uh, given pension deals to uh, four coaches, as every uh, team is allowed to do. Um, well, three of the coaches that Mike Elias gave them to were major league uh were coaches that appeared on the Orioles uh on the Orioles coaching staff or in the major leagues uh but one of them was in Bowie and allegedly there was going to be some investigation um because that coach wasn't going to qualify for it um i think the title of this tweet just went ahead and captured a bunch of eyes just like oh lord mike elias something with the astros here we go again mm-hmm. Um, and that actually wasn't the case at all. It was cleared up yesterday. Um, and a tweet that came from Dan Connolly says MLB has made a statement about the story saying it is completely comfortable with the O's pension designations for coaches. They were approved in advance by major league baseball and major league baseball players association. And the idea there's an investigation could result in discipline is simply false. So. A uh, bunch of fingers being pointed at Elias, and then all of a sudden, uh, never mind. You know, I, I think that this is something that Mike Elias is going to have to deal with uh, just in the for the next few years, um, just because he's linked to the Astros. Anytime that his name comes up, somebody's going to be pointing a finger at him. You know, it, it's just it's dismissible. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing really to this. It's got to be the Astros thing because, if anything, it's like the most boring, controversial subject. <laughs> you know, somebody could be involved with what well, he was—he was trying to be a nice guy and give somebody a little extra money. Yeah, yeah. it was a slow news. Day. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we uh, move on from our O's and uh, stay in the major league, though? Why don't we uh, talk a little MLB playoffs? Yeah, man, they've been going going pretty good. Yeah, so um, unfortunately, my Braves were eliminated uh, last yeah. week in a sad moment. A couple of absolute blunders um, that cost them the game. I mean, we talked about it last week about the about the runner not tagging from third base and going home. And then wouldn't you know the Braves would go and do something almost as boneheaded yet again. They had runners on second and third base with nobody out. A ground ball hit to the third baseman. The third baseman comes home. Um, the runner at third 
gets into the worst rundown I've seen since me getting into a rundown in Little League Baseball. Um, and he gets tagged out. And then the bonehead at second base, after he gets tagged out, commits to running to third, and he gets tagged out. The guy at second base should have been standing at third base, and then the runner at third gets tagged out, and he's still at third base. And then you've got runners at first and third with one out. Now, anything could have happened. They could have hit into a ground uh, a double play after that. But it just it was an absolute bonehead move. And honestly, I feel like that's where the Braves just absolutely lost the series. You know, there was no recovering from that. No, and I guess their base running kind of like bit him in the butt the whole series. Yeah, absolutely it did. You know, realistically, the Braves should be playing in the World Series right now. But, you know, it, those kinds of bonehead mistakes, um, just it, there's a reason why they're, they're not in the World Series, and that's yeah, it. I guess so. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com. Why don't we uh, jump into the World Series? So we've got the Tampa Bay Rays facing the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. And um, the series right now, say it's Sunday night, it's 8.15. It's currently tied up 2-2. So we're getting the series that it looks like everybody was hoping we would get. We're getting something a little bit competitive. Um, Although, honestly, as I look at it, it it, it doesn't really look that way. It looks like the Dodgers are just absolutely just taking a commanding, uh, taking control of it. And even though they blew the game last night, I still think the Dodgers just look like they're a class above the Rays. Is that just me? No, I mean, it's it seems right. I mean, they really have gotten really hot. Yeah. And I think that towards the end of the – well, of course, they came back against the Braves. Mm-hmm. What was it, 3-1? to one? Yep. So, yeah, they just caught on fire. <clears throat> and they do look like a powerhouse team. Yeah. But somehow this, this series is, like, really competitive just because the Rays are that kind of team where – they don't give up, man. Yep. So and I think um, it's been great. I think um, I don't really know if this is the series everybody wanted to see, as far as like the teams or whatever. But they're making it like really fun to watch. Yeah, I think we're we're definitely getting the best possible baseball that we can get uh, <laughs> out of these things. I mean, it's definitely you're you're sitting down, you're on the edge of your seat watching these things, and um, yeah, but. The Dodgers say they're just they're coming out like a true powerhouse. I mean, uh, Justin Turner's just lighting up the damn ball right now. Um, uh, Mookie Betts is getting hits. Corey Seager's getting hits. Uh, uh, hell, freaking Max Muncy's getting hits. Like the entire team, there's not one guy that you go up there just like, all right, there's an easy out there. Yeah. And I mean, I guess that's what you need when you go ahead and you look at your. Uh, when you look at your World Series uh, competitors, your World Series teams, that's what it should be. It should be a guy that you're never really comfortable with facing. Yeah, because you can't pitch around anybody in this lineup. Right. So um, it, it, They are setting up Mookie Betts to be the MVP. Does it feel that way to you? Yeah, it certainly feels that way to me. Um, and I mean, the way they talk I'm, about him. I'm, I'm all for it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, again, say Mookie Mookie Betts became uh, my favorite player as soon as he left Boston, and um, basically when he signed that long term extension, that he was not going to go back to Boston. Um, 
that's when he instantly became a uh, became a favorite here in the uh, Mason household. I remember you saying that, and it'll be interesting to go back and hear what I said about him. Uh huh. Like whether I still don't like him because he was with Boston, but now I feel like as soon as he left that Boston like team, I don't mind him as much. Yeah. And he's fun to watch, and he's making some defensive plays that are just crazy. Yeah, it's like Mike Trout light. Yeah. Well, that that discussion did come up. Yeah. So I know you'll uh, you'll have to scoot, uh, jump in there and see what all we said. Yeah. So um, so how about this for a uh, how about this for some World Series coverage, Matt? Did if you went to uh, if you went to the World Series this year, uh, would you partake in uh, a boomstick? A boomstick is that like the noisemaker thing? No, as a matter of fact, the uh, boomstick and this tweet comes out from uh, Arash Mar- Markazi. I probably just <laughs> murdered that one. Um, everything is bigger in Texas, including the twenty-seven fifty boomstick. So twenty-seven dollars and fifty cents oh gets you a two-foot all-beef hot dog smothered in chili, nacho cheese. <sighs> jalapenos and caramelized onion mm. it weighs three pounds i did see this thing so uh so so what do you think would you would you even attempt that it, i i saw this on tv because they are playing in that texas like warehouse stadium right uh-huh i saw the picture of this thing and it is absolutely disgusting <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you just saw it on the internet or read about it but did you see the picture of it yeah, yeah, I'm looking at a video of it right now. I don't know why they did this, but it's like they, they put the hot dog on top of the bun uh-huh. and then put the chili on top of that, and then it just looks so gross to me. Yeah. Plus, you got to have like four four people to eat it. Oh, no, I think I could down one of those. <laughs> I'd like to see you try. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't know, man. You need like four people to eat that and like... I, I'd down it, but you'd have to take off the jalapenos and the uh, and the onion. Yeah, oh yeah, I agree with that. Take off the onion. But it looks Maybe like it, comes, it looks like it comes in a box and it's got like four different forks. So you're right. It looks like uh, looks like four people to eat that bad boy. Yeah, this isn't the time to be sharing food. No, probably not. <laughs> but uh, well, Texas. Yep. No, everything is in fact bigger in Texas. <laughs> Yeah, that's what she said. Mm. All right. Um, so, anywho, uh, what are your predictions for the rest of the series? They were tied up two to two two. So you got a uh, you got a fair, uh, fair, fair, clean slate here to go ahead and pick somebody. So, are you on well, Dodgers? Or are you on Rays? Well, I'll, I'll tell you. I'm going to stick with the Dodgers. That was my like very first like original pick when we started playoffs. So I'll stick All with right. that. But I will say it's hard to pick like a team that I want to win, you know. Mm-hmm. It, I can't like root against either one of these teams, so I don't know who like in my heart I want to win yet. Yeah, I, basically, I just want to see like a good series, and it's already been one, so I'm happy. Yeah, Sam, I I feel very similar in that that I, uh, I I was just looking for good baseball, and I think we've seen it. Um, I'll tell you who I think right now is the most underrated player in the World Series. And uh, that goes back to uh, your boy and mine, G-Man Choi. <laughs> so 
tell me you saw the other day. Um, so was it yesterday or it, or was it Friday? But G-Man Choi was just making all sorts of defensive plays like you wouldn't believe. I mean, this man did a split, like a full-on split that you would expect a gymnast to be able to do, but not a 200-pound uh, baseball player to be able to do. And I just... He breaks into a split and then catches the ball off of a bounce and then holds the split down. And my friend G-Man's Choi's are on the ground, all right? That's that's the cleanest way that I can put it. His, his ass is on the ground. It's a full-on split with his ass on the ground. It's very <laughs> impressive. Um, and then later on in the very same game, he leaps about you know four or five feet up in the air and comes down and makes a tag on somebody. Not nearly as impressive as the split, but still an impressive, uh, impressive uh, play. Yeah, I mean, he's saving runs left and right. Yeah, saving plays. Yeah, he's been great. Yeah. So, um, for anybody that doesn't, I'm going to go ahead and recommend uh, the Twitter account G Man Dancing. That's uh, J I M A N D A N C I N G Man Dancing, which is a uh, fan account for G Man Choi. And um, again, just highly recommend it. It's a great account. It highlights all of G-Man's plays. It highlights uh, whenever he's in the mood to do a little dance. Um, and it, it's a good account. So definitely go ahead and give her a follow or give him yeah. a follow. Well, that's good. That's something to root for. We got somebody to uh, like an underground favorite. Yeah, former Oriole G-Man Joy. That's right. Former Oriole okay. legend G-Man Joy. I'll tell you what, though, if we had to pick a villain in this uh, series, uh-huh. I hate to say it, but because I know he's your your nephew's favorite, mm-hmm. but um, this Cody Bellinger is starting to annoy me. Ooh! <laughs> all right, and and why? Do you is not that? agree? Well, why first of all, first of all, he, every game he looks like he just came out of like a long afternoon of hitting the ball. Because he looks, he looks stoned right. every time the camera's on him. I think he's up right now. So you don't, uh, you don't enjoy your uh, baseball players that uh, smoke the ganja. <laughs> well, I was going to ask: Are they just testing for COVID, or are they testing for drugs still? You know, I, I had that theory uh, a long time ago. Remember, I tweeted or I had said before the uh, before the baseball season that. Maybe they wouldn't be testing for steroids, and Chris Davis could go ahead and find himself again. <laughs> no, I don't know, man. He, he's all right. He's just he's just that young, like thinks he's uh, invincible kind of attitude right now. Yeah, just kind of irks me a little bit. Did you see that he um, <clears throat> on that home run celebration? That, that was game one or two. He dislocated his shoulder. Yeah, giving somebody a high five. Or bump me a bumping elbows to somebody. Yeah. 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 Nice move, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Just that kind of stuff starting to annoy me. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. So you're going uh you lean in Dodgers? Uh, yeah, I did pick the Dodgers and they do look like a strong team, so I'm gonna stick with them. All right. All right. That's Who are you going with? Um You know, I think it's gonna be the Dodgers too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I just don't see the uh, the Rays just don't have the team to to recover from it, and I wouldn't mind being wrong, but I just, I don't think that they are. 
So, as a matter of fact, as I go ahead and bring it up right now, say Dodgers up one nothing, runners on first and third with two outs. Yeah. In play runs, so Cody Bellinger did something. Yep, he did. Just got an RBI single. Okay. So, two nothing Ray or Dodgers. So, and um, Ray's going with quite possibly their best pitcher right now with uh, Glass now. So. Mm-hmm. Well, to see what happens. So yeah, yeah. Like, so I guess I guess we're both kind of going Dodgers with that. Say, I kind of wanted to pick the Rays just so we would have uh, uh, different thoughts on it. But um, yeah, I just again, I I just don't see a way for the Rays to get past this team. No, no. So all right, Matthew. Well, um, you got anything else for the MLB playoffs for the World Series for MLB at all? Well, yeah, I was going to say, did you see that play last night at the end of the game? Oh, geez, yeah. So The other uh, one I wanted to talk about. Yeah, so that one was... <laughs> that that was ridiculous. So, completely missed in this was the fact that the pitcher wasn't backing up the catcher. <laughs> and I was just... I wasn't even paying attention to it in the fact that it just, like, it looked like the stupidest play in the world, the relay from right field to the and I thought it was the pitcher throwing the ball home. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even realize it was, a, it was the first baseman, right? Yeah. Yeah, so the first baseman was in proper position. He took the ball, and he threw it home to the catcher. The guy rounding third stumbled and did a cartwheel um, or a, a tumble after third base, stopped mid-tracks. He was dead to rights. And then the first baseman threw it to the catcher, and the catcher swiped, and when he swiped, the ball got loose. There was nobody backing him up, and the runner just ran on home and fell on the plate, and the Rays won the game. Well, it was like the craziest, like, um, sequence of events. Like, the outfielder, first he booted it and had to run and get it, throw it to the cutoff man, the cutoff man threw it home, the catcher swiped. Nobody was there because the runner fell fell down coming around third base. And then the catcher threw the ball away, and then the guy scored. It was nuts, man. Um, but that was that Araza Reina guy that fell. Yeah. Who, um, we didn't talk about this, but if the Rays end up winning this thing, the announcers have been setting him up to be the MVP. I don't know if you noticed that. Randy? Yeah, they're talking about him nonstop. But um, I don't know if he got as much crap as uh, what's his name Daniels on the Giants for falling down, just running to. Did you see the guy on the New York Giants just fall on the way to the end zone? Yes, they have four. So that's two plays where guys just like trip themselves up and fall down. But I don't think the guy. Uh, I don't think Arazarena got as much crap. Well, I, clearly he's not going to because he's yeah, four. Yeah, yeah. But he could have. He could have been tossed because he tripped and fell. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a nutty play. Yeah, it was. <clears throat> and as a game ender, man. I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens next. Yeah. Oh, so. they've been talking a lot about I I'm I'm getting kind of tired of hearing about all these like records being broken. Like playoff records. Oh, like yeah. the home run record and playoffs just got broken by that Rosarena guy. And then I heard some like stupid one yesterday. It was like seven consecutive half innings where some where somebody scored, and that's a playoff record. Yeah. I mean, baseball's always got some crazy records that they throw up there, but it's getting a little old. 
Well, the other thing is that right now the playoffs are sixteen. The playoffs were sixteen teams. It was more playoff games than have ever been played in the history of Major League Baseball. So of course they were going to break. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong here, but there's been more games, right? Yeah, absolutely. I know there's there was a couple like three out of five series or whatever, but that's how baseball is normally, right? The first series is always three out of five. Uh, I feel like the first series is well, a, is the wild card three out of five, or is it two out of three? Well, the wild card was is one game plan. This right. is like a normal year, and then there's a, and then it goes to three out of five. After I think that. so, yeah. yeah. And then it's like the championship is four, and then the World Series is four. But there's been a whole extra series, right? Yeah, yeah. So of course the records are going to be broken. And everybody's talking about all these records being broken, but it's because there's been ex- there's been five extra games, right? So I don't even know if this is, I don't know if he's going to have like an asterisk or whatever. I don't know if they're going to have an asterisk or not, but I did see that Rob Manfred said that the uh, that the sixteen game game playoffs were going to be done after this yeah. year, so we can expect those to not be back uh, next year. Oh, shocker! They're done. Yeah, I mean, I think they might try to get more in, but not as many as 16, they were saying. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, so I'm I'm on board with you with that. But um, why don't we uh, move on from uh, from MLB? I know this is an Orioles podcast and a baseball podcast, but we got a few more, a few other things we want to talk mm-hmm. about. Why don't we stay on baseball, uh, but why don't we go ahead and jump ship, board our plane, and fly on over, sail on over, uh, Maybe go ahead and strip down to a speedo and swim on over to the KBO. All right, my KBO. <clears throat> I'm gonna All I'm right. gonna keep this at a KBO minute, okay? To start right. the stopwatch here. All right. So your dinos still in first place. Uh-huh. Mag- they got a magic number now. They just released it. Three is their magic number to get to uh, clinch the number one seed. Three. Yeah. So either a combination of either win win three games or someone else needs to lose. Right. And I think combined. Yeah. Three. And I think the only team that's that can pass them right now is the KT Wiz. So. <laughs> All that right. is kind of crazy about the KT Wiz, though. The team that was in last place when we talked about them at the beginning of the year, and I just randomly picked them out of a hat as my team. Uh-huh. Of course, I've wavered on that, but it is crazy that they went from last to second and they could take first place. It's not going to happen, I don't think. But anyway, so they're the only team that has a shot. Um, <clears throat> ESPN has once again given up on the KBO. They got the Korean announcers all week. But at least at least they aired the games this week, so I watched them. Oh, and um, I'm going to highlight one guy for the Hanwha Eagles this, this week because he right. decided to announce his retirement. Yeah, in the middle of a season, didn't even want to didn't even want to play the last home game for Hanwha Eagles. He wanted to take that home game and make a press conference and retire. Well, I, I imagine it's not like he got to play in front of the fans one last time. Well, so. the fans are there. Yeah, and they're about like I think they're about a couple days away from like tripling the attendance rate too. So, yeah, nice. So last uh, last you had reported on this, the fans were uh, 
the fans were in danger of not being able to go. To yeah, games. they're going back and forth. Well, if they get like 50 cases, that's like a lot for them. And they're yeah. very like stingy on like if there's any cases, we're shutting this thing down. So I guess there hasn't been any recently. So they want to like triple the attendance. But anyway, this guy, uh, Kim, Kim Tae-kyun for the Hanwha. Kim Tae-kyun. Retired for the Eagles this week. And he's going to go down in KB history as one of the finest right-handed batters of all time. He's got a career line of 320, 421, 516. I don't really know. I'm mm-hmm. sure baseball heads know what that line means. But he's got uh, 2,209 hits, 311 home runs, 1,358 RBIs. And he's going to be – and I think the two guys like higher than him in like batting – percentages and all that are left-handers so he might be the best right-handed hitter to ever ever play kbo and he and he holds a record for 86 game on streak base on base mm-hmm. streak sorry and he just retired mm-hmm. and he cited ineffectiveness as his like early retirement reason <clears throat> and i thought that was mm-hmm. interesting i mean these guys really hold themselves like to a standard in this league and like he felt like he wasn't playing very well so he retired early Kind of yeah, crazy. well, I mean, let's hope that he doesn't go the way of the Korean samurai. And... Oh, boy. I, you know, I've, <laughs> I've, I've been meaning to look that up and, like, give you the facts on that. I just uh, have it. Maybe I'll throw him in. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. That's it for KBO. I think I went over a minute, but um, that's yeah, okay. just a bit. Here we go. So I went ahead and pulled up a... Uh... Korean samurai here just uh just to go ahead and clarify for myself and for all of our fantastic listeners here. And it says uh I'm gonna I'm gonna murder this one, so apologies in advance, but Hawarang Hawarang are approximation of samurai from the other side. Hmm. Upper class young men probably serving as warriors, but it's not their defining feature. No, no, that's not it. No. But they're not Korean though. No. no. Well, da, 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 da. yeah, they're not Korean. Korean warriors, also known. See, I don't know. Say, because the question on here says, what were Korean warriors called? It says, Hawarang, also known as Flowering Knights, were an elite warrior group of male youth in Sila, an ancient kingdom of the Korean <laughs> peninsula that lasted until the 10th century. Oh wow! Well, I got my homework for this week. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you the facts. Yeah, we'll go ahead and do that. Saying we'll, uh, we'll add that to our KBU segment yeah. next week. So, that'll, uh, that'll really go ahead and bump the something numbers to look up. To. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, off the uh, KBO. Um, but before we stop back over here to the good old UF survey, let's. Uh, Stop by the uh, secret island of the USC, oh, yes. where uh, uh, Namadal Kermit the Frog off, uh won his fight and um, then retired. Yep. So, uh, how did I how how did I do with that name, Namadal Kermit? Very the close. I prefer that right. pronunciation, but it's a, it's a Habib Nurmagomedov. Habib Nimramagrasov. Yeah, or, or who um, most of the people know him as the guy that choked out Conor McGregor. Yeah. So yeah, he uh, he he retired after he won twenty nine and zero. 
So he wanted to retire undefeated as the champion, and he did. Yeah. And Good for him. You, you know, you'd think he'd want to just get up to that 30 just to have that even number. Yeah, but he had some other stuff going on. Like his dad passed away, and his mom didn't want him to fight anymore. And he told her, he promised her he wouldn't fight anymore. This will be his last one, and then he'd retire. So I think he's going to stick to it. Oh, I mean, you know what? If if Mama wants you to retire, then you retire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I thought this guy. I thought the yeah. guy Justin Gagey that was fighting him had a chance this this week. I mean, they... yeah. So I saw the uh, I saw the lead up to that of where like they um, they went ahead and had the face off, and uh, the one guy was the interim champion, and he tossed that belt to the side. He was like, "Yeah, hey, I don't want this." He's like, uh, "It's like I don't want this one. I want his." Yeah. I yeah, that. I mean, it's starting to feel like all a scam because they just got to build these guys up so you buy yeah. the pay-per-view. <clears throat> but no, I really did. I thought he had a chance. And, um, man, everybody's just so afraid to fight this guy because he just wrestles you to the ground. And once you're mm-hmm. on the ground, you're done with this guy. He just – he'll either pummel you or submit you. Well, so the question is what happens now? Like, I guess is he going to fight – whoever the next person is to determine who the champion well, I is. I don't think he should. And then is he even going to feel like a champion after uh after the fact that he just lost to him but he beats the other guy? Like Yeah, I mean it it happens more often than you think. Like the like with George St. Pierre, he had the welterweight and the middleweight belt and he retired like two times in a row with the belt. So they had to redo their whole division or whatever. But I don't think this guy should get the number the next title fight so right now um conor mcgregor is going to fight dustin poirier mm-hmm. and i think well maybe maybe this is what should happen those two should fight whoever wins out of that should fight gagey well, i don't even know see I, I feel weird about giving gagey the um title fight after a loss i think he should have to fight somebody else kind of like a four-man like yeah. bracket so maybe you just have uh yeah have gagey go ahead and fight somebody else and then have Connor fight the other guy and then the two winners of that go on for the Yeah, fight. maybe um well I would have said Tony Ferguson fights Justin Gagey, but Justin Gagey did just fight Tony Ferguson to get that title shot and he like it wasn't even close. So maybe somebody else can step in there. But anyway Well hear me out, hear me out. For the first time ever a UFC triple threat <laughs> Now you're talking about like some Russian stuff, man. I don't know if you've seen this, but there there were some there's some videos out there where like there's like for real like a five on five teams. Oh yeah, and then when somebody taps, then it's like then the numbers uh the numbers game stays the same, so it's like five one four after one guy. Yeah, taps. and then it's just like a total and then it becomes five one three and five one two and five one one. Yeah, I don't even know if I've made it through those videos because they're sick, man. It's like a just like brutal. It's absolutely yeah. insane. <laughs> but um, I wanted to ask you this. So, so Gagey got choked out, right? And mm-hmm. he, in his post-fight interview, he was talking about he doesn't even mind being choked out. He's like, I, I don't even care that I got choked out. It's kind of like I didn't take any damage. So he's just ready to fight again, like right away, right? So I'm thinking, yeah. I don't know, man. What, what would you rather? What would you rather be knocked out, un, like unconscious, or choked out in a fight? Uh, you know, it's a tough <laughs> choice here. Would you rather be knocked out or yeah. choked out? I would rather not be out. Well, no, I'm just saying if you had to choose one, to get, if you had to choose one. 
If I had to choose one, I think I'd rather tap just before being choked. Well, out. that's not that's not on the table, man. So because he he got totally he was out. Like he had to. He tried to tap, but the referee like didn't didn't take it or something. I don't know if you saw the replay, but he was tapping like a madman, and the referee didn't call it. So he got choked yeah. out, and he was unconscious. I don't know, man. I, I I guess knocked out because that would be quicker, and you wouldn't necessarily see it coming, as opposed to like having the life choked out. Of That's you. what I was saying. Like I, most of the guys that get knocked out, they get woken mm-hmm. up, and they're they they do not even know that the fight's over. They don't even know what happened. They're just like they're looking at the referee and all these guys staring at him, like what happened. So they, so they don't even remember it. Because if I had to, I think I might, I might take a knockout. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. All right. Anyway. All right. You got anything else UFC related? I feel like that was the most important, uh, the biggest highlight. Thing. Yeah, that was it. I mean, the fight wasn't. Hey, I got, I got a question okay. for you. Just one more thing. Whatever happened to the, uh, the guy that won the BMF title? <laughs> well... The guy that uh, the guy that beat the hell out of Nate Diaz after he uh, after he beat the guy that beat CM Punk or whatever it was. Um, Hor- guy talked a whole bunch. Yeah, Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, so he he got the BMF title, and then he went mm-hmm. and fought for the um, welterweight title, and he lost. He, well, he took the he took the yeah. fight on like a week's on a week's like short notice or whatever. I think oh. we did talk about this because this was uh, they were this was like a big lead up too, and you heard about it. Yeah, did he lose like decisively? Uh, yeah, yeah, he did. The other guy was just one of these like wrestler guys who just like oh, okay. put him up against the cage and didn't let him get away. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Well, there's our uh, little five minute UFC segment for all of you UFC fans yeah. out there. All right. So why don't we jump into uh, what the big highlight is and jump into the National Football League and um, before we uh, before we no you know what let's start with a little bit of Ravens a uh, little bit of Ravens info so um, the Ravens have gone out and signed their big name wide receiver they've gone out and done it I've been predicting it since the beginning of this podcast I've been calling for it I said for a fact that in week nine, the Ravens are going to debut Des Bryant. Is that what you said? That's right. So Des Bryant signed to the practice squad, and for the simple reason of the fact that he needs to go ahead and get some practice in, get back into shape, and um, you know, it, it it's a perfect opportunity for him to get back into the NFL. The Ravens have their number one wide receiver to be on the opposite side of Marquise Brown. It's going to be Des Bryant, Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews. Ravens are now a three-headed beast. I've been calling it. I haven't mentioned a single other name other than Des Bryant all season long. I predicted it. I knew this was happening. I called it from when he had his tryout at Howard High School that this man was not done with Baltimore, that he was coming back, and that he was going to be the number one wide receiver leading the Ravens into the Super Bowl this season. Yeah, you know... I, I, did, I, I, I did that, right? You're always tempting me to go back and find these clips. That's, that's, that's what happened. You know, that's, you know we record these, right? Do we? <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. So I, I didn't predict Des Bryant to be the future Raven number one wide receiver for the Ravens. Well, you might have said that, but you've also been mentioning somebody else. 
Did I? <laughs> yeah, but now he. I I can't. Now wait a minute. Now see, Des Bryant. I don't recall another single wide receiver that I may have mentioned this season. Well, I guess it doesn't matter because he's a he's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer now. Yeah. So all right. Well, spoiler alert: Antonio Brown to the Bucks <laughs> on a one year yeah. deal. So disappointed. Um, he decided that he would rather go play with Tom Brady than uh than Lamar Jackson and his cousin. Um, and that's fine. That's fine. I I wish Antonio Brown nothing but the best. I hope that uh, I hope that he doesn't tear the Bucks apart limb from limb. I hope that the uh, I hope that the coaches have the strength to handle his character, and uh, and I wish him well. But um, but you know what? I I still think I think that we win this deal. I think that uh, I think that you're probably happy because we don't get Antonio Brown and we don't have to chance that yeah. drama. Um, we get Des Bryant, who's been removed from the NFL for a couple years. He's 31 years old. He's um, which is you know kind of the Ravens' mo. Um, if you look at the Ravens, what do we do? We take uh, we take a rookie wide receiver and then we pair him up with a veteran wide receiver. Um, I can't go back far enough to tell you who was on the opposite side of Derek Mason, but uh, Mark Mark Clayton. You know, we went out Mark Maybe. Clayton, yeah. But we went out. We signed Derek Mason. Um, Derek Mason ends up being a star wide receiver for us. We went out. We signed Anquan Bolden. Be on the other side of Torrey Smith. Anquan goes on to be a star uh, receiver for us. We went out and signed Steve Smith Senior. Steve Smith Senior had some great years for us. So <clears throat> it's. It's part of the Ravens' plan to go out there and sign a Des Bryant, to go out there and sign a, uh, you know, a very good known wide receiver and give them a chance here in Baltimore to see what they turn out to be. Now, I just hope that Des Bryant turns out to be um, like a Steve Smith Sr., like an Anquan Bolden, like a Derek Mason, and not like a TJ Hushmanzada. Yeah. Or a Lee Evans, or um, you know, those are the only two that come to mind. But the Ravens take shots like this all the time. They go out, they sign that veteran wide receiver that used to be a name, and then see whether or not they can get a few more years out of them. And it's worked out a few times. It hasn't worked out a few times. Um, but I guess we'll just spin the wheel and see what it lands. You, you just happen to mention a couple guys that had like huge drops in the playoffs. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, they had huge drops in the playoffs and and they let's be honest, they just they disappointed. Yeah. Um, you know, but to the same extent, um the guy that caught the ball for us in the Denver game. God damn it. Jacoby yeah. Jones. Um, you know, Jacoby Jones didn't really have a great season for us, but he made some great plays in that stretch. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily, you know, I wouldn't call Jacoby Jones a flop, but to the same extent, I wouldn't necessarily call him a game uh, a world beater. You know, no, it's like he had he had some very very good games, but he had he also had games where he dropped some uh, dropped some key plays too. So I think Jacoby kind of just evened himself out, and he gets a pass because of the plays that he made leading up to the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, he he had that speed, and that was like a an equalizer. Yeah, but um. I don't remember. Was Des Bryant? How are his hands? He was he. A, I seem to remember some stories coming out where he he drops a lot of footballs. 
So the biggest story was Des Bryant, um, the Cowboys going against the Packers. And um, the big question was whether or not Des dropped it or Des called it or not. It was called a uh, called a drop. And then the argument was made that he caught the ball, he caught the ball. But um, long story short, the refs called it a drop. So therefore it was ruled as a drop. So you'll constantly see tweets about Des dropped yeah. it or remarks about Des dropped it. So, but again, say I'm, dude, I'm I'm taking that chance. If if Des Bryant is out there, and you know what, if he comes out and he performs, you know, just putting him out there, that's going to raise some mm-hmm. attention, and people are going to have to cover him, because if you don't cover him, it, he's going to catch yeah. some balls, you know, and he gives he gives uh, Lamar that big target that he's looking mm-hmm. for. Yeah, I, I don't so, mind it, man. I, I think why not? I mean, like, why not take the chance? You know, and it, it's so funny, too, because, you know, the there's a lot of talk on Des Bryant, you know, him being a, uh, when he played for the Cowboys, was he a diva and this and that and the other thing? And, you know, it's like, after the Antonio Brown issues, you know, Des Bryant doesn't seem like <laughs> that bad, doesn't seem like that much of a yeah, head case, yeah. right? The only thing that worries me is I hope somebody pulled him aside and said, you know who your quarterback's going to be, right? This guy's going to get most of the touches. Like He's going to run the ball a lot when he's healthy. So you're going to get yeah. the ball thrown to you, but you're not going to be like the offensive star here. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I say that Des Bryant is a big target for him. Des Bryant's only six foot two. He plays a lot taller than that. Yeah, he does, and uh, say Marquise Brown five foot nine, just uh, just by comparison. I just pulled that up, but only six foot two. But he plays yeah, like he a does. big man. I don't know. I'm interested. I'm curious. I uh, I'm really, really hoping that he's gotten his weekend with the uh, with the practice squad, and that on Friday the Ravens make the announcement that they've uh, that they've called him up from the practice squad. I want to see him make his debut yeah, this Sunday. Yeah, I'd like to see that too. It's a big game too. Yeah, so uh, so big game uh, next Sunday. We're gonna go ahead. We're gonna play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, so we've added Des Bryant as a potential a potential weapon for us. Whether or not he'll be ready by next week or not, we don't know. Uh, but Des Bryant was the the only player that we signed. Uh, we also went out and, and traded uh, Yannick Nagaku. How, how's that? Yeah, Yannick Nagaku. Yannick. <laughs> All right. So uh so the Ravens went out and signed Yanni uh from the uh from the Minnesota Vikings. We sent them a third round uh twenty twenty one draft pick and a conditional fifth round draft pick. Um and it looks like the uh and this is not the official name, but I'm just gonna say it, the Bash brothers of uh Jacksonville are reunited. Uh, with Calais Campbell and uh, Yannick Ngaku. Yeah, man, I, I think I think they were there when this when the Jacksonville was like when they had that crazy defense that everybody said was going to be the best defense in the league, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and they had a, yep. like a they had that great line. So I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so what this like tells me is that mm-hmm. when the Ravens were deciding like by this trade deadline, they already had a really great defense. But now they Mm -hmm. were looking just – they know they can win games with defense because they've been doing it all year. So 
we we were we were just looking to go ahead and just tone up that uh that rushing game or the um well they were looking to go from great to elite because that's what they like really focused on it looks like to me and then and then the des bryant thing was like well he's out there might as well take a flyer on him but we're but we're gonna win this thing with a great defense yep so uh, a couple of tweets here just to just go ahead and mention sarah ellison who we've uh quoted her tweets previously um, said after Titans playoff loss, John Harbaugh promised we'll focus on the front seven. We'll try to get two or three guys, maybe four or maybe <laughs> seven. Uh, so the starters for the Ravens right now, uh, Kalias Campbell, Yannick Ngaku, uh, Derek Wolf, Patrick Queen. So three guys from other teams. And um, of course, uh, Patrick Queen, the rookie. And then depth, we've got Harrison, uh, Madubuike, and oh Washington. Uh, yeah, how about that one? Uh, don't ask me to pronounce that one again. And then, of course, uh, from Field Yates, uh, Field Minister Yates of fantasy football uh, fame, uh, tweeted out an updated look at the Ravens' front seven when fully healthy. Uh, Yannick Ngaku, uh, Calais Campbell, Brandon Williams, Derek Wolf, Matt Judon, Patrick Queen, and LJ Fort. Plus one of the best secondaries in the NFL. I mean, you look at those names, I mean, that's that's something pretty sick in the front. And then you keep in mind that we've got Marcus Peters, Jimmy Smith, um, who else is in the backfield? Is it is it Tavon Young or Deshaun Elliott? Which one got hurt? Um, Elliott? I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. One of one of them got hurt. One of them's still back there. But uh, you know, like you said, say clearly our defense is just is a stone cold lock now. Say nobody wants to play our defense, and I can't wait for next week when we play the Steelers. Um, so we can be the first team in the NFL to go ahead and knock them off their little uh, undefeated mm-hmm. turn. We. It sounds like we built up a, a team just to stop Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, I mean, hey, when when Derrick Henry's the one that knocked you out of the playoffs last year, you got to go ahead yeah, and build pretty much single handedly. You know, like, what beat you last year? Absolutely. What built you last year? What beat you last year? Okay. Find some weapons. Make sure it doesn't mm-hmm. happen again. Um, so the Steelers, uh, as we mentioned, say we play them next week and, um, the Titans gave them a game, say the Steelers were actually up. I think it was 27, 10 at the half. Um, and it looked like they were getting ready to just kind of run away with it, especially when the Titans did absolutely jack squat with the, uh, first possession of the second half. Um, but Ben then just couldn't score he couldn't make any plays the titans defense shored up like or uh maybe ben was just off but nothing was going on and the uh the titans started to come started a little comeback uh ended up being a 27 24 win for the steelers as uh uh steven goskowski missed a 43 yard field goal i think it was 46 something like that 46 yeah well it was something that once again, and I've I've said this before a hundred times, and I'm not going to get on my podium, but um, <laughs> appreciate what you've got yeah. in Justin Tucker. Appreciate what we've got in in a kicker, um, because, uh, <laughs> well, that's just a primary example. And um, everybody gets old, everybody falls apart at some point in time. Stephen Goskowski was a elite kicker for a while. Um, 
But to go ahead and miss that, and that was the second miss in two weeks that has gone wide right. I heard the announcer say that. And, um, you know, again, it's just, again, just more appreciation for what you've got. But realistically, next week, I don't think the Ravens let it get to a three-point game. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a hard-hitting game. Um, but I think the Ravens are going out there to make sure that it's not just going to be a one-score game that will be a three-point or a six-point uh, lead. I think the Ravens are going out there, and they're going to try and score, and the defense is going to be absolutely just devastating. Um, but I think we're looking at like a 10-point win here. I think the Ravens are going out there to send a message to the Steelers, to the AFC North, and to the NFL of, uh, you know, you guys were aboard our bandwagon when we uh, when the season started, then you guys fell off, you guys forgot about us. Well, guess what? We're right here. Well, if we're making our predictions, I'm going to say <clears throat> we were talking about the Steelers not playing anybody up until this point. Mm-hmm. Well, they played somebody. Mm-hmm. And whether yeah. the Titans blew, blew their play calling at the end there, which I think they did, Either way, they put 27 mm-hmm. points on them, and they, for the most part, shut down Derrick Henry. So they, they, they've beat a good team yeah. now. Now, I'm still picking the Ravens mm-hmm. because I just don't see it with the Steelers yet being on the Ravens level. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just going to take that yeah. three points that we're probably going to get in the, in the line. I'll tell you this much. Say, I, I think, like I said, say I'm going with the 10-point victory. Um, but I'll tell you this much. And I want the Ravens flock to hear me out. I want all the Ravens fans to hear me out. I want everybody in Baltimore shut up and listen to me for one minute. If you have 60 seconds, listen to me on this. Nobody cares about what uniforms we wear this week. It doesn't matter. The last time that we cared about our uniforms, we were just like, oh, we've got to wear all black. We got to wear the black uniforms for the Chiefs. We got to make sure that they know that this is a, for a real game. We don't care. Well, guess what? The Chiefs might have been colorblind because maybe they viewed our jerseys as little pink frilly jerseys because the fact of the matter is they came over and they whooped our ass. All right. Don't be begging for the black jerseys. Don't be begging for any color jersey. Whatever jersey they're wearing, they're wearing. All right. But just stop it. I don't care about what uniforms they're wearing. I don't care what color they are, as long as they're not those ugly yellow mustard uniforms that they broke out for the color rush one year. I don't care. Focus on the practice. Focus on the team ahead of you. And win the fucking game. Thank you. Slam <laughs> it down. Just laying it down, you know? Sometimes you just got to speak to a team. So, all right. Uh, you got anything That's else to it. tell? That's it. Let's close the book on that. All right. So let's close the book on that. And uh, before we close the book on uh, this podcast, why don't we jump into right. uh, the list? All right. The idiot list. Get this thing going. All right, number one, the Blue Jays fan base. 
Blue Jays fan base uh, is going to remain on the list uh, during the entire offseason. So they have no opportunity to redeem themselves as they're unable to uh, go to the stadium as they are not currently playing baseball. Um, and for throwing beer cans at uh, Oriole outfielders and for just generally being a bunch of uh, just lousy Canucks, uh, they remain on the All list. Right. Trash bag Charlie. Trash bag Charlie, uh, has he reached out to you for your Grayson Rodriguez? Well, I have not received yet? my Grayson Rodriguez bobblehead yet, but it's on the way. Ooh, but he has not reached out to me yet for that one. Have you received any communication from the? I Delmar got that standard person? email that says like, you know, you're, it's coming. You're going to see an email when we actually send it, but I haven't gotten that email yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I tell you what. Say, so, and when did you order this? I think it was before we got our Rushman bobbleheads. I think it was too. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. Um, Delmarva Shorebirds, you guys are on the clock. And uh, if Matt does not have his bobblehead by the next recording of this podcast, you will make the list. There it is. There it is. Now, uh, so a little, little forewarning of things to come. Um, but trash bag Charlie uh, for offering five dollars for everyone and anyone's bobbleheads and carrying a black trash bag around the minor league stadium is still on the list. All right, next we got MLB insider John Heyman. John Heyman's still blocking me on Twitter. He's still on my list. All right, next we got Washington, the owner, fan base, and Espresso Elliot. Well, I tell you what, did you see the absolute whooping that the uh, Washington football team put on the Dallas Cowboys? I, I mean, 25 to 3. I would never watch that game, but I saw the score, yes. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, what an embarrassment. Could you imagine being so bad that you lose to the Washington football team? They don't even have a name. They don't even play in the city that they claim that they're from. Like, how bad is Dallas? <laughs> How bad are they? Like even before they had, even before they lost Dak, they were bad. That's just, that's embarrassing. I, I tell you, I, has Washington played Dallas twice? I'm not. Say, because they're in the same division, so they've got to play them twice. Uh, yeah, season, you think, right? yeah. Unless it's a cancellation. I tell you, I, I, I'd, I'd almost be willing to make that switch from Washington being on the list to Dallas being on the list, but. You know, Washington's not on the list for being a bad football team. They're being they're on the list because they've got a douchebag owner. Um, they're just they're a crappily run organization. How's that for a word? <laughs> crappily. Uh, and and they remain on the list. All right, good. All right, we got Bob Ursay. Bob Ursay tried to steal uh, football from Baltimore and was successful for a number of years up until we got the Ravens here. Uh, from that fine gentleman, uh, king of a man, Art Modell. Um, but for that very reason, Bob Ursay, uh, may he forever rot in hell and forever be on the list. Oh, that was extra harsh this week. All right, next we got yep. Josh, not Matt. All right, so this is the big one. Uh, Josh Soroka, uh, we were trying to determine whether or not to keep him on the list. Uh, I'll have you know that there was no collusion last uh, this week. Uh, we just had an honest poker game, of which yours truly went ahead and took home the winnings. And, uh, you know, so I, I won the pot in the poker game this week. There was no collusion. It was an honest game that was ran. That was ran. And um, 
I figured I'd go ahead and put this out to our listeners. And I tweeted out a survey, and I said, after winning at Josh Soroka's poker game last night, should I take him off the list tomorrow? Hashtag IL, hashtag Bleacherbirds, hashtag Birdland, hashtag Podcast Wars. So the results were, of course, the options were yes, no, who's Josh Soroka, and what's the list? So, um, yes, received 16.7% of the votes. No, received 0% of the votes. And who's Josh Soroka finished with 83.3% of the votes? I feel like Josh has kind of been embarrassed enough because nobody knows who he is. And I feel like... I, I feel like he's been on this list for a long period of time and... You know, we mention his name constantly, um, and I feel like maybe his podcast, uh, you know what? Maybe we're helping his podcast by getting his name out there, and maybe people are listening to Section 336 uh, because they're hearing us reference them and Josh Soroka being on the list. So you know what? To help Josh and to help section 336 and to help their help their podcast gain a little bit more following um, you know i think it's just great that we just continue to publicize him and, and continue to mention his name so Josh Soroka as a favor to you you're still on the list well all right i mean i, I was going to say um, it does sound a little suspect that after your your rant last week that you ended up winning this week, so maybe they maybe they heard that yeah, and that said, "Well, maybe we got to throw him throw him one here, and then he'll never win again." So I said, it, "I was going to say at least give him another week on the list to see what happens, right. and then then you can make your decision." Well, I think I think I'm a fair guy, so I think it would be a uh, be a good opportunity to just go ahead and let him uh, uh, leave him on the list, continue to uh, talk about his podcast, and see if he can just you know. Maybe go ahead and climb the ladder up a little bit and get his uh, get his podcast yeah, up to yeah. that level. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, you know, and 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 after that, say maybe I'll maybe I'll go ahead and help that little organization called ESPN. See if I can't get them some uh, get them some right because we're living detail. in fantasy land right now, huh? <laughs> All right, yeah, well, that's right. Um, next, we got at Dan Clark Sports. All right, so at Dan Clark Sports uh, for changing his name. Most recently to, uh, I feel like, what, what was it? Dan Clark Sports Media Dan Clark or something Nation. like this? Uh, Dan Clark Nation. <laughs> oh, Lord. Let's see here. What is Dan Clark Sports? Uh, DJC Sports <laughs> okay. Media. Um, so this guy's just, he's just the total douchebag of Twitter. He's, uh, he's an Australian jackass who claims to be an Orioles fan, yet meanwhile his profile picture is uh, him wearing a Dodgers cap. You know, he might be the people that he might be the one that's responsible for sending their European friends Dodgers gear, but it, he's just—he's terrible. All right, he's on the list. Enough said. Um, Ed from NDL. Enough said. Uh, NDL Ed absolutely ruined the sports sport of dodgeball um, and allegedly made a move on his uh, his uh, secretary, his executive assistant uh, Nicky, and um, just. He's terrible at dodgeball. He puts himself <laughs> on good teams, and he brings his teams down. 
and he's an embarrassment to dodgeball. He thinks that uh, he thinks that stingers uh, are real dodgeball and that pinching isn't. And uh, oh. he's still on the list. Uncle Fester looking mother. All right, next. Nancy Napkin. Nancy Napkin's still on the list. You know, it's funny. I went on eBay today and uh, just went ahead and searched for the uh, Y'all Gonna Make Me Lose My Mind <laughs> t-shirt for the hot Irish wife. And uh, I found it in a small. I found it in a medium. I found it in an extra large. But I can't seem to find it in a large. So um, I'm just going to keep on looking. And until I, uh, until I find it, Nancy's on the list. Uh, Marlins with COVID. Uh, Marlins with COVID. So Marlins go ahead and having a party, uh, you know, going to a strip club, allegedly uh, doing whatever it is that they were doing. Um, almost ruined the MLB season. Um, they're still on the list. Uh, IL, the entire state of Illinois. That's right. The whole entire state of Illinois for trying to steal our hashtag IL. Uh, they're going to remain. Uh, DJ LeMayhew. DJ Lay Mayhew uh, stole the nickname Lay Machine from The Machine, uh, who is Albert Pujols, and uh, he's still on the list for being Lay on original. The aforementioned MLB Europe. So the aforementioned MLB Europe uh, still on the list for sending Dodgers gear to European Oriole fans. Um, still didn't understand how that mistake was made, and uh, until an apology comes out with Orioles gear, they will right. remain on the list. Next, we got Crush Davis. Chris Davis, the mortal douchebag of Baltimore, uh, will remain on the list for becoming the worst baseball player in the history of Major League Baseball um, and for robbing Baltimore blind of millions and millions of dollars. Uh, Kevin Brown. Kevin Brown's still on the list uh, for not being that Kevin Brown, but for being that (laughs) Kevin Brown and um, for being the absolute worst broadcaster in the history of Orioles baseball. And, yes, I have listened to Scott Garso. And um, you, you feel like he should still be on the list even though he's 12 years old? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've i got no problem putting okay. a 12-year-old on the list. All right. Well, last we got our latest edition, Tyler Kepner. So Tyler Kepner, um, still on the list uh, for basically telling Braves fans that um, – or for telling the Braves that, you know, nice nice job scheduling by making a game start at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock at night on a school night. And it's like, douchebag, um, school's not even going <laughs> on. Um, kids are not even getting out of bed to go to school. I can tell you this for a fact. The kids stay in bed, they turn on their Zoom, and then they go and they play their video games while on the camera and it, stop it. it it doesn't matter. If the kids want to watch a baseball game, they're watching the baseball game. Uh, he's a freaking strawberry, and he's on the list. All right. Well, that's all the uh, that's all the enemies we've made today. All right. All right. Well, uh, Matt, did you have anything else no, for this that, week? That was a jam-packed week, so I'm, I'm out. Yeah, it was. So uh, if you need to reach out to us, you can reach me at the uh, on the Twitter at BleacherBirds. Uh, you can reach out to Matt at BleacherMatt. Uh, give him a few fo- few follows there, ladies and gentlemen. He needs to get his numbers up. Um, if you want to, go ahead and give us a uh, little five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. They uh, swore that I wasn't going to ask for him, and I'm not going to ask for him. I'm just going to suggest you do it, um, unless you want to be on the list. And uh, last but not least, if you want to shoot us an email, say we haven't heard from Pat in D.C. in a hot minute. Um, I imagine he's out there celebrating his win over the Dallas Cowboys. 
Um, but go ahead and reach out to us, bleacherbirds at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, we, we wouldn't mind a little uh, Q&A segment for next week. Um, but with that, uh, Baltimore, Birdland, Ravens, Flock, and beyond, uh, I say good day to you. And uh, it's Steeler Week, so we'll close with this. Go Ravens! And uh, did you take? Did you get a chance? Get, get a chance to do that? <laughs> I tell you what, I am stuttering today. <laughs> <laughs>